didn't realize how powerful language is. Language can be power, good power and bad power. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the MyGBC podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Casey Rodney, the Associate Vice President of External and Community Relations here at George Brown College. So Casey is at the forefront of driving impactful initiatives that enhance the college's presence in communities across the greater Toronto area and Canada. And her role involves fostering valuable partnerships to generate social and economic benefits in alignment with George Brown's strategic goals. So join me as I'm going to delve into Casey's journey, her insights, and the incredible work she's doing to strengthen connections between the college and the broader community. So welcome, Casey. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. What a nice intro. Geez, it's hard to sometimes listen to that, but thank you so much. <laughs> of course, yeah. And um, so just getting started with like a little bit of um, about your role and what you do, can you tell us about your position and what are your responsibilities? Yeah, so um, you did capture it quite well, but essentially I consider myself a community engagement professional. And that's really just about uh, advancing the uh, positioning of George Brown College on a whole as a city and community builder. Mm-hmm. So some of the examples of that work is workforce development to upskill or give additional skills training for community members who may just feel like um, they don't necessarily have all the skills to advance to the next level in their career or they're just trying to break into a new sector. So we do everything from getting people entry points into education and then onto employment. My team will actually work with the students, help um, get them into the program, and then support them while they're in the program. By wraparound supports is a term that we often use, and wraparound supports are really just If student A comes in um, and maybe there's an issue with food security, we'll ensure that we get that individual access to food during their journey at George Brown College. If they have childcare needs, um, maybe it's a single mom or a single dad um, who is in the program, we'll work with them with a partner externally to figure out how we can support them with their childcare while they're studying at George Brown College. And then there's also the, the the city and community building piece. And those are just having conversations with neighborhoods, um, communities, again, and industry partners around how can George Brown College help them get to where they want to get to economically, social, socially and economically. So there's an arm of my work that's really focused on advancing um, the city of Toronto. Amazing. That's very interesting. Like honestly, I did not know that George Brown had such strong connections with people outside of the college. Because I don't know, you would always think as a student that it's like just the college, all of us in it, and that's it. But it's good to know that it's actually much more beyond that. Now I'm gonna ask uh, a little bit of personal questions, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so basically, um, you definitely have had people that have inspired you. I would assume all of us kind of have like superheroes in our minds, people that inspire us and the people that we try to be similar to them. So can you tell me about three of the most influential people in your life and why they impacted you? Okay. Uh, um, So my father um, has definitely impacted me um, and very influential. So my relationship with my father is, 
is quite unique because I, we always were at, at, you know, we were sometimes always head to head, didn't necessarily <laughs> always agree, but he was the most influential and impactful because my father is the person who instilled within me this drive to sort of seize the moment when you can seize the moment. Cause sometimes yeah. I can, I can honestly say, um, I think, and I talked about this before uh, in another podcast that imposter syndrome is real. It's a real yeah. thing, for many, especially women. And, um, but my dad would always say, the world is your oyster. The world is an oyster. You were brought here for a reason. And it used to drive me crazy. I just, I was like, okay, dad, I get it. I get it. But um, I, I actually really do live by that. You know, when you always want to challenge your parents, but now yeah. I have see why he continuously told me that. Mm -hmm. And so I really try to take advantage of all of the opportunities that are given to me, like this opportunity to even speak to you today. This is a great opportunity uh, for me to have this conversation with you, to meet you mm -hmm. um, and to potentially inspire, if not one, 20, how many people who listen. Um, the other individual who has inspired me is a very newbie in my life, but it's my eight-year-old <laughs> son. Oh, and uh, I have two kids. So I love you both. If you're, if they <laughs> but I have to say my eldest son, KJ, who's turning nine tomorrow. He also inspires me in so many different ways because, um, it's challenging being a parent for sure. And there's many ups and downs to parenting. Um, and so he has really helped me to understand the value of time and being gentle um, and emotion and what emotion means. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just grateful for that because I take elements of that into how and translate that into how I lead people. Yeah. And it's leadership moments because leadership involves emotion and some people are emotionless leaders. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that is a good place to to necessarily lead from. So, um, but my son has constantly reminds me of those values that I need to take to have with my family, but then I can also translate into my professional world. For sure. Third, uh, a third person. Uh, I know three might be too many. Three <laughs> though, is a people. bit much. Um, I know. <laughs> okay, we can stick to two. It's amazing. Yeah, stick to two. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. No, it makes sense. But what was very interesting for me that I mentioned is that, yeah, like, honestly, your role models don't have to be, like, you know, very famous people that everybody oh. chooses as role models. Sometimes yeah. it could be, like, your eight-year-old son. You can always learn new things from people and learn from their perspectives. And sometimes normal everyday people really have good behaviors that you can learn from and how I always see it is that I try to never have my guards up and always be like okay if somebody is doing something better than me there is no reason for me to try and convince them that um no like I'm doing it better or like try to convince them to get used to what I'm used to yeah maybe just yeah. adopt that because it works out and that's how we can learn from other people yeah thank you very much for mentioning that no problem anything okay so Next question. What is your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? So I don't necessarily like, oh, well, I won't say necessarily. I don't like the word failure. I um, yeah. usually always try to, and, and I try to change that word to um, what was your biggest growth opportunity? Because mm -hmm. failure keeps us in a different place. And sometimes it doesn't help. Some people 
obviously can learn and grow from failures, but I think that it also keeps certain people in a particular place and holds them back. When you yeah. say, oh, there was, you failed there, that <laughs> what was failure in that KJ, that does not resonate well with my son. And I can yeah. understand why. So, you know, it doesn't resonate with all adults as well. Anyways, all of that is to say is um, I also work to sort of train my mind not to have those memories like Mm -hmm. a failure memory, (laughs) if you will. That's a good idea. (laughs) So, um, because your mind can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And sometimes, you know, our, the memories in our mind sometimes can keep us in a negative place and with the negative self-talk and that's where imposter syndrome gets Mm -hmm. all of its fuel and energy. So I really try to train my mind and being in the present and really looking at all the good things that have happened in my life versus failures that I have translated into growth opportunities. So if I think about it as a growth opportunity, um, the one thing that um, if you really force me to go into the <laughs> of my mind um, has been, it's a very simple thing, but I will say this because it actually was a huge turning point for me in my leadership journey. Mm-hmm. And it was a, the language that I used um, with with uh, a couple of the people that were reporting to me. Yeah. Early in my career, I didn't realize how powerful language is. And now we hear about almost day to day how powerful language is. Language can be power, good power and bad power. Language can really put people in a good place and space, but language can also really um, pull people down. And yeah. so there was something that I said that I didn't realize really impacted a person very negatively. And then it was brought back to my attention. Mm-hmm. And so of course my response was, that's not my intention, but then we hear about there's intention versus impact. And so yeah. my intention may not have been for that person to receive my message in a negative way, but my impact was. So there was two learnings there. It was the language that I use and I really try to be mindful and I never get it correct all the time, but I really try to be mindful in how I talk to my team and just people in general, especially when you're giving them feedback and how you do that in a way that still keeps people inspired, um, where they can really draw on the skills that work for them. Um, especially if you're having a coaching moment with them, you still have to use the right language and sometimes try to think about what that impact could be. And again, we can yeah. never, right. We're not mind readers, but I'm just more cognizant of that in terms of the language, my choice of language that I use and recognizing the impact because intention is always going to be intention. But sure. the impact that the people that you will have on people is really lasting. Intention doesn't last. Impact does. So, sure. yeah. So that's what I would say is one of my growth opportunities. Amazing. Yeah, I loved how you described this. Actually, I loved your response. This was like the conversation is really going through a direction that I really like it. Like learning more about your uh, your experiences as someone who's definitely much more experienced than us. And I really love that you say you try to kind of... Uh, not remember things that maybe we would call it failures but now you call them like growth uh, opportunities and I love that especially for like young people like us if you want to look at it when you're just starting there are going to be many many opportunities that you could call them failures but you could also call them like growth opportunities and for me personally I think for the first couple of times that I did stuff that didn't go as expected I was like so sad. I was like, this is the end of my life. I have no future. This is over. But now when the same kind of situations happen, I really realized 
the only way to actually succeed and the only way to actually to be able to like move on with your life and get better is if you go through all of those bad or like maybe not really fortunate moments which yeah. is amazing that you pointed that as well And so digging a little bit deeper into the role that you have, um, what was your career path like to end up in this position that you hold right now? So I've been at George Brown for, I believe it's 18 or 19 years. Oh, wow. So I've been here for quite some time. Yes, that's um, a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. It's almost half my lifetime. Not really. I'm kind of old. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so... I completed my master's and I applied for a job here at George Brown College, a contract position as uh, the supervisor in at that time, uh, which was in about 2006, um, the access department. Mm -hmm. And that department focused on working with access populations. Some people define it um, historically underrepresented groups in post-secondary. So working with those segments of the population to get them access into George Brown. I applied to be the supervisor on contract and I secured the job. And then from there, um, I just had a number of various roles across the institution. Okay. I wouldn't say across the institution because the roles were all focused really on access to education. Mm -hmm. So then I moved into being the first generation manager. And that again was focused on those who are first in their family to go to post-secondary education. How do we create more pathways and supports and opportunities for those individuals into George Brown College? Then I ended up being a manager within the community partnerships office. And that sort of just spiraled into me being the operations manager there, then the research manager there. Then I became the director. Then I had two kids. And then I um, became the associate vice president of what is now the external community relations department with the community partnerships office within it. So all of that is to say that took, as you know, 18 years or so. Um, so the message for me, as I was I'm re reflecting on that, is that it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. For sure. Um, and there's many growth opportunities that I think got me to where I am in my position today at George Brown College. Um, because I can't see myself. I actually don't think I would have been successful in this role that I'm in today currently if I graduated directly out of my master's program and became the associate vice president. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you've been basically at George Brown your whole uh, career, right? Like since you started working in industry, you've been here. Well, yeah, because. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I have a little bit of I've done research, managed research initiatives. I've managed, done operations for office. I've actually done um, managed projects, access projects. So mm -hmm. I understand the on the ground work. Then I became yeah. a strategic manager. So I understand strategy. So yeah, all of those pieces really help define what the role is today. And I think if I didn't have those experiences and those learnings, um, it would have been a very uh, a bigger learning curve for me to, to, to excel in this role. For sure. And yeah, as, as you said, that's definitely like a step-by-step -step process as gradual. It takes time. But everything that you learn along the way, one day is definitely going to help you. And you're definitely a very good example of that. Mm -hmm. So now, if you could go back in time and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, would, what would that be? 
Or like you don't have to go all the way to 18, just like <laughs> younger that's, version. That's a, that's a long time ago. Very long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a young version of yourself. Why would you younger, say? <laughs> I like that younger version of myself. <laughs> so to be honest, I would tell my younger version of myself, stop worrying about what other people think. Listen, oh when I tell you this, <laughs> this has been um, one of my one of the greatest things that have held me back from things mm -hmm. is because I was too concerned about what people will think, particularly my family. And then yeah. a little bit of a circle of friends. But um, so if I can tell the younger generation or my younger self, don't worry about it because you'll figure it out. But, and the message is that you'll figure it out when you're ready to figure it out in your own time, because mm -hmm. if you care too much about what people are telling you to do or what they're going to think, then you're making decisions for them yeah. and you're not making decisions for yourself. And so, and I made a lot of decisions for other people in my yeah. younger time. Um, that weren't necessarily the worst decision, but I would, some, there were times where like, why did I do it this way? <laughs> I not wait or why did I say that or whatever it is. And so um, the message is just don't care about what people think. You can respect people. You can receive their information, but yeah. you do not need to do it for them. You need to do it for you and you need to take that time to reflect on it and then figure out um, when and how you'll do it for yourself. For sure. Yeah. I real relate to this like very much, but I believe like everybody actually does. Like it's so hard to ignore not like ignore but like not listen to what everyone else is saying and at the end of the day honestly if you think about it everybody is living their own lives if you think about how people think about you so much but everybody else is doing the same thing they're inside them in their mind they're like oh my god what yeah. are other people thinking about me so nobody actually has time to think about you and what you're doing so just <laughs> do whatever true. you want to do exactly. do what you think is the exactly. best for you yes. yeah yeah that's amazing okay so now the next question is what are maybe i don't know three books that uh you would recommend to listeners and why would you do that and if you don't have three more than that, less than that would be also okay because i think three is a lot of books so okay so as i told you before i am uh i really try to be more mindful and present so mm -hmm. i really do like eckhart tolle's power of now mm -hmm. i've read it twice amazing um, times so power of now is really just about living in present moments people think it's really over the top but I think there are some simple messages just about being here being now um he really talks about this idea of time where time really it doesn't exist it's you know just mm -hmm. something that we fabricated uh, within our society to sort of hold us within a certain boundaries but all of it is to say is I really try I, again, because if I think about it, you know, all of these things about mind and worry and thinking about what people have to say about you, that's that that is all against living in a present moment. Mm -hmm. When you live in a present moment, you're just living literally now in this very moment. I don't know what's going to I shouldn't care about what's going to happen when I hang up this call and <laughs> I shouldn't have to and I shouldn't be worrying about why I didn't cook whatever last night like <laughs> just here in this present moment and it just helps me I just feel happier and more yeah I feel lighter 
uh, when I live that way. So the power of now is a really important one. I like Michelle Obama's Becoming. I know she has a new book out. I haven't got that one yet. Um, Becoming because I also like to hear about people's personal journey. I really have an affinity towards Michelle Obama and to really understand, as you asked the question earlier about her uh, people's journeys, her journey mm-hmm. is quite unique. Um, and so if you're really looking for a strong female empowerment book, I think that's a good one as well. Um, and I'm reading, I'm, I'm reading now via uh, Viola Davis's Finding Me. I like to read uh, people's biographies. I like to read about where people have come from and then where how they got to where they are and maybe where they're headed. Um, yeah. Because there's inspiration in that. I also like to say to people that there's commonalities, like you have already said, in who we are. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we think that this is the worst thing that's happening to us. But there's I almost guarantee that there is somebody else who has probably had a similar experience. So then you can draw inspiration from how maybe they got through the experience or how they're living through that experience. So that's why I like to uh, read those types of books. That's very interesting. Actually, I have heard something very similar to that. And that was like somebody saying that if you have decided that like, for example, I want to become a fashion designer and you've chosen this career for yourself and you don't know just how to figure out what the path is like, just be sure that there are, a thousand millions of people that have done that before you just go get their biography whatever autobiography whatever it is read about it and you'll figure it out because it's not that complicated in the day and age that we are living in Mm -hmm. there is computers there is internet and then there is books so there are so many different ways of uh, figuring it out which is amazing okay memoirs are great memoirs are sure those books are that's the best sorry go ahead agree Um, so moving on to the next topic, what would be a favorite movie of yours? Hmm. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know when the last time I watched a movie, I'm more of a show girl. So Ooh. I will be straight up. I <laughs> um, binge Netflix when I have an opportunity. Um, working moms is my show right now nice. so, because working moms is it's well, it's a Canadian Toronto based show. Ooh. It's a comedy about working mothers, but it is so real that I just, I just binge on it. And it's just, it's so relatable in so many different ways. And not just because it's filmed in Toronto, it's just the characters are so unique, but yet inspiring. So working moms mm-hmm. show. Um, another show is Lupin or Lupin. And mm-hmm. it's a French, it's based on a French book, Arsène Lupin, who is the gentleman's thief. And so basically it's just a mini series of how this gentleman thief, it's a mini crime drama, but mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's just, there's something engaging about that show where, you know, this man has, he has stolen it's fictional, but he has stolen some of some major jewels and things from, oh. yeah, <laughs> from galleries and from people. But the way he gets away with it and the way he plots and conspires and then he changes his face, like he takes on different personas and personalities. I just love it. Um, okay. And then I will say, though, there is a movie, but this is, again, my younger Kizzy, the younger version of Kizzy. My favorite movie for for quite some time was this movie called Love and Basketball, which is just a love story about a woman um, and a boy, a boy and a girl who both um, came together as friends through the love of basketball, but they grew up to, uh, but basketball is what kind of determined 
their love for each other, but then they went in separate directions, but basketball brought them back together. So amazing. Yay. And I'm a basketball mother. So maybe that's probably why I love that. I don't know. Amazing. Yeah. So guys, if you want to learn how to steal jewelry from a museum, or if you want to learn how to fall in love, like something related to basketball, go ahead and watch all of that. Those movies. I personally haven't watched any of them. But they all actually sounded very interesting. Like, I'm genuinely interested in three of the names that you mentioned. I might watch soon. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so so my last question is, what's one question you wish I'd ask you, but I did not ask you? <laughs> if there is any questions. If you don't have any questions that you wish I asked you, it's totally fine. <laughs> No, yeah, I, there is no question that I think that I wish that you would ask. I think you asked me quite a lot. Um, That's great. I think that this is pretty good. It was nice. Amazing. Good reflection opportunity for me. So thank you. Amazing. Yeah, of course. No worries. Perfect. So many thanks to our wonderful guest, Casey, for coming here and for sharing your valuable insights and experiences on the MyGBC podcast. Um, your role as the Associate Vice President at uh, George Brown is truly impactful. I really was inspired by everything that you said, your journey, everything that you said. It was very interesting and very inspirational. So thank you so much for coming in. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope that you find this episode very enlightening as much as I did. And stay tuned for more engaging discussions. And until next time, uh, take care. I'll see you next week. Thank you.